Hello, and welcome to a special bonus episode of That Tech Pod. I'm Laura Milstein. And I'm Gavin Schulte. Oh, I Dominic jumped right in and today we have uh, <laughs> Dominic Rayner. So for those of you who haven't seen, there is a show out on Netflix. It's called Worst Roommate Ever. And there was an episode on this called Marathon Man. So Dominic was on that episode and we have asked him to come onto the show and talk to us. We're not going to dive too much into that show. We are not Netflix. Um, but if you are from Netflix and you want to sponsor us, please reach out. Uh, but if you are interested in hearing more about that story, we advise you to check out Netflix and do some research on it. But in short, there was a guy named uh, Yusuf Qatar, and I know we just discussed pronouncing it, and I already think I pronounced it wrong. Yosef Qatar, Qatar, is that how you say um, it, Dominic? Well, I say Yosef Qatar, but it's kind of <laughs> I would say. To- <laughs> no, yeah. About, yeah. yeah, we don't even we don't even know what his real name is, I think. So this guy, there was an episode on him where he basically was a marathon runner and he made friends running marathons and he essentially was a fraudster that took a lot of money from certain people, Dominic being a victim of this guy. And because of that, Dominic was defrauded from this person and then essentially was able to meet other people that he had also defrauded funds from and they were able to meet each other and try to get this guy who is still missing. Uh, So if you're listening and you know where he is, let us know. We'll find him. But instead of diving really into the fraud behind this, we want to dive into the tech because this happened, although it was aired, I think, this year on Netflix, the actual incident happened in 2011. So tech has obviously changed. It's very different. And so, Dominic, just to dive right in, can you tell us a little bit, one, can you give us a short overview of what actually happened? Because I don't think I gave justice to that. And then can you follow that up with, you know, what tech was really being used then as opposed to now to, to kind of find him? Well, cutting a long story short, I, I'm not going to go into all the details because it was quite a long time ago. And, uh, you know, some of those things you put to the back of your mind. But um, I, I went to Brazil where they have a, a jungle marathon and um, it attracts a lot of people from all over the world. And um, it was a seven-day running event. And... Um, we got together there and um, uh, we shared a lot of resources. We we knew the same organiser and, um, you know, you sort of quickly fall into a situation where um, you end up uh, trusting a lot of people we haven't met um, very quickly because of the circumstances that you, you, you put yourself in. And, and you don't really think much of it at the time except that, hey, this is great fun. It's like being on holiday, making new friends and... Um, so that's kind of how, it, um, you know, the barriers broke down immediately, I would say, um, into sort of being able to sort of perhaps get involved with someone I didn't know so well. Um, so anyway, what happened was, um, yeah, years of sort of latched onto the, um, the fact that I was interested in investing in land and property and they said, oh, um, let's, let's um, look at some pieces of land I uh, um, here in Brazil, and I said, "Sure, yeah, I'm, I'm looking. Let's let's do this together." And um, it sort of went like that. And uh, I bought a bit of money, a bit of cash with me, and um, you know, I was going to put down a deposit. And um, I was I was looking for um, a lawyer that we could um, uh, we could sort of make more inquiries about. And um, so I think uh, all, all the 
the cork started in, in Joseph's brain uh, about how he could sort of make a play on this. And um, yeah, so he sort of uh, ingratiated himself with me and uh, he uh, sort of, I suppose, pretended that he had sort of similar interests. And um, so kind of, um, you know, without going into too much detail more about it, we sort of um, decided we'd sort of do um, some investment research and, and, and try and buy something. And uh, um, that's kind of how it went. That's, um, you know, that's the, the personal side of it to some extent. But um, I, I don't know. I've got to get back on, on track really here because we're talking about the tech. <laughs> um, so 2011, right. Um, you go to the Amazon in Brazil and back then there wasn't any internet to speak of. I think you might have had a dial-up modem here and there, but it was kind of random and, and you would be relying on satellite telephones um, and that was it. You know, you'd be in the forest and if there was a problem and you needed to be um, uh, evacuated, that's what you'd have to rely on. Uh, and I think now in parts where we were, I think there are, there are actually, I don't know if there's hard wired connections, but there must be. I think I think they've got um, broadband to some extent and you know, everyone's got mobile phones which work over there. So people are connected to the internet and Instagram and, and so on in exactly the same way we are now. But um, back then it was just like, oh, I better get a, a SIM card and a, and a, and a little Nokia um, so I can send texts and speak to people if I need to. But um, so that, that's kind of how it went. And, Dominic, um, just to jump in, when you said the Nokia, I was thinking at that time when people had the Nokia and they played that game Snake on their okay. phone and it was like, this is the greatest thing ever. And I'm just like, wow, tech really has come a long way. Oh, yeah, you know, I used to get excited by a little game like that, but yeah, it used to sort of take up hours of your time sometimes, didn't it? But, um, yeah, so um, how did we actually get around? We, um, when we were on that race meeting, we, you know, we had uh, we had a plan. Everyone, everyone was properly organised, and uh, the organiser had a satellite phone, so you know, if any uh, if anything went wrong, obviously. It would be coordinated through that person, but um, you know, to communicate with each other, which is you know, has to be the old-fashioned thing like make an arrangement. Um, you know, to be in a place at a certain time. Um, it really was like the good old days in that sense. Um, so yeah, um, meet meet me at this location at this time, and then if people don't show up, you're like, how long do we wait here before it's a miss? It yeah. is, yeah, those were different times for sure. So. At that time, I, I, you're running a marathon, you meet this guy and you think, okay, I'm going to make this investment. And then when he disappears and this happens and you are at a point where you, you're saying, you know, like you're meet me here, you're, you're in a totally different tech environment. How did you end up meeting? There was another group of people that was also frauded by him. How did, didn't they email you or wasn't there some way that they got in contact with you? Um, yeah, when I, I it, we ended up um, snowballing 
the number of people I ended up meeting as a consequence of meeting Joseph, because it wasn't just about the investment. It was like, we, let's do another race. Let's go to Chile and do um, another ultramarathon. So we started planning that. And um, it was um, a case of like suddenly sort of coming into contact with several different people. And like there was, um, you know, the guys from um, Chile and there were the guys from um, Denmark um, and a, a load of others. Anyway, they became connected um, through the consequences of meeting in Brazil for A, the, uh, the um, investment ideas and B, the, the, the race in another country. And um, then it was just like a case of finding out um, all of a sudden from one or two people in each of those groups that someone had been defrauded and, and we sort of cross-checked with each other by obviously by email because at the time you know we had email it was uh, it, <laughs> I suppose it, it, it's a thing to have back then but things have moved really fast since yeah. 2011 actually in technology it's quite incredible yeah so but I, I wonder um, I wonder about that yeah you know I was just thinking when did I when did we first google stuff and um Actually, I felt really clever once in 2013. Does it work? And uh, we were trying to solve some kind of problem. We were researching something. And I said, oh, let's Google it. And, and it was like almost like a revelation, not like a normal thing. But, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that now, would you? <laughs> Things have moved on. No, very, it's, so, very it's, it's so embedded into the culture now that like no one knows. Well, younger generations probably always call it Google, even though Google is the search engine and you just search. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, so we want to, you know, just emphasize, Dominic, um, that we really appreciate your time because we know that this is such a hard thing to kind of revisit. Um, but I find it so fascinating, like just thinking about kind of you're laying out the context for the tech in 2011. And we're today, Laura and I talk a lot about like data privacy and kind of from the perspective that it's a little scary, you know, like knowing, you know, uh, authorities can have so much information on you that you don't even really know, not even authorities, but like private companies, big tech um, for ad purposes, but also if something happens. But this, I feel, is in a sense where it might be one of the pros that technology is getting into a place where you can really track people who have committed, who have, you know, hurt people. Um, so what's kind of your thought about the technology, if it's used in this way, and, you know, kind of that fine balancing act, I think. Yeah, it's going to be an ongoing sort of like ethical debate, isn't it? Because, um, yeah, I think, yeah, once you've got your um, 4G or 5G phone, you're, you're trackable everywhere um, with, the, with and via your phone. And, and then, of course, uh, as you search for things or, or go to websites and use cookies, you're, you're, you're causing the companies that you visit to sort of um, make um, revenue on that advertising and so on so and they know where you are and, and what you're looking at and um, so of course I think if uh, authorities allow you to use that information for for the purposes of finding criminals and I don't see any harm in that I think it will greatly facilitate you know um, catching people and locating people but you'll, you'll always have people who think that um, pri uh, 
you know, privacy is um, paramount and uh, they may not agree with it under any circumstances. And I certainly have, I know people, well, friends who will probably object to it full stop. But, uh, you know, having had a situation, I've been involved in an horrible situation, I, I, I see the merits of it, of course. But, you know, I don't like the idea of having a 5G phone, for example, where, you know, I think, you know, there's a, a receiver or transmitter or whatever, however it works. Um, detecting you where you know sort of every hundred meters of, of the city you're walking around in so it's um something that i have i suppose mixed feelings about but i i think um for sure i i agree that it's something that would be helpful to catch bad people because uh when we uh, when we were trying to locate joseph um um when he was pretending to be a lawyer and writing to us as a supposed lawyer and we we wanted to it was it was quite clear that this this guy wasn't writing very good english but and we thought mm, there's something odd about this but you know we, we had to sort of like find actual proof evidence that he was a fake and um back then there was you know uh, software you could use for tracking ip addresses <laughs> So you could you could run a um, a tracker, an IP tracker, on your email account, and um, it would it would tell you exactly the origin of the email, the sender and recipient, and um, and it could, it could tell you with enough accuracy that uh, you would know pretty much which which hotel or which um, you know small area he was in. So he was writing to us saying he was in Brazil. Uh, he was a lawyer. And in fact, he, um, he was in the same hotel as us in Chile, for example. So, you know, that, wow. <laughs> that, that kind of tracking has existed for quite a long time, you know, just through email, which I found really interesting. So I didn't know until then that you could do that. <clears throat> but thinking about it, you know, I've, I've, I've worked in telecoms in the past and, you know, the, net, the internet's, you know, um, basically created out of these sort of like nodes, the, the, these Cisco routers and so on, which... <laughs> link um, uh, pretty much every location and via sort of, you know, um, IPs. And uh, so, yeah, actually, um, you don't need sophisticated tracking on modern mobile phones, actually, because you've still got those kind of things. Do you think that if this instance of what he did happened, say, last year in 2021, as opposed to 2011, it would have been something that you guys, all of you that were in this position, would have figured out sooner or been able to stop it sooner just because of the advancement of tech? Do you think it made it easier for him to do these things? Um, yeah, you could hide more easily. I mean, you know, the, the one... The one difficult thing was um, when we tried to um, track his movements when I went with him on his own, um, you know, the guys were trying to keep uh, keep an eye on where I was. And so, again, I just had this little simple phone, this mobile phone. So, you know, so Dominic, answer, you know, keep that phone, answer it. You know, we'll, we'll check in on you. Um, you know, they tried as far as possible to follow me, but I think that wasn't really possible, you know, because 
Joseph was kind of trying to lead lead me on a sort of wild goose chase and zigzagging around and sort of making sure I I couldn't really remember where I was in the city. Um, uh, so he, I, I, in a, in a, it's, he was a bit silly in, in the sense that he decided to show me where he was staying in Santiago. And, um, you know, he did, he did, did this like a zigzagging wild goose chase route. And, um, you know, thinking that I wouldn't remember the route, which I didn't really, but I remember the, the name of the street that he was living on and he wanted for some reason to show me the hostel. And um, it was useful um, to have remembered that. And uh, I um, was consequently able to, you know, help them uh, track down who was staying later. And, um, you know, okay, um, to answer your question, though, um, yeah, if you had a an Apple iPhone, you, you could um, simply sort of I could put it in my pocket, and someone could sort of track um, track me based on the on the um, on the phone, and they'd know exactly where I was or where I'd ended up. But of course, yeah, back then you couldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, just like anecdotally, um, it seems. I, it's I can't even imagine coming from your end, but like just hearing about it, it seems like there's so much hubris on the part of Yosef, like just you know actually emailing you guys from the same place that you were in in Chile, um, <laughs> and uh, you know kind of taking you to his hostel. It's just it, it kind of is like the characteristics of like a of a I guess narcissist or you know just like yeah. somebody who completely thinks he can get away with yeah this, even though he's kind of being a little obvious yeah it was almost like he was so con- um he, he was so proud of what he was doing he, he'd almost convinced himself that's I think that was the hubris of, of it you're, you're right it, it was exactly that and um he, he was a guy that always wanted to be liked and and um he, he did want to show off, um, but at the same time, he wanted to maintain some credibility. And, yeah, that was that's, that's how he ended up being caught, really, because um, he wasn't really a very good criminal. Uh, although yeah. he's a very intelligent guy and he had some wild schemes and he's managed to obviously con a lot of different people from all different backgrounds, all, and, and, you know, for the last two decades, you know, you know, you've got to admire the guy, but at the same time, what a waste of a brain, I would say. Absolutely. Um, I, so just to, like thinking about some of the things, the stories that we're hearing, obviously every story is different. Um, but for example, you know, on Netflix, there was another documentary called The Tinder Swindler. There was another, there's a podcast out now uh, about, you know, a lot of scam artists and, and things like that. And one kind of through line, I don't want to diminish each story, don't want to diminish your story um, at all. They're all very different with very different nuances. But one kind of through line that I'm sort of seeing is that tech is involved in some way, shape or form. And, you know, whether it's social media and sort of um, catfishing or not, or using, uh, you know, any sort of um, 
other type of tech, whether it's email or phones and stuff like that. What do you think, you know, do you have any idea about kind of crime and we're always going to be sort of having tech involved now um, in sort of fraud or, or albeit, you know, any, any sort of other crime, basically? Um, I think there will always be an element of tech, but I, I, I don't think it'll necessarily be the facilitator of it. I mean, because the more I think about it, you know, the more I think that it doesn't matter what the technological circumstances you're in, um, I, I still think, you know, uh, wily uh, scammers will find a way. I was thinking it must be a whole lot easier these days to be scammed by the internet because, um, you know, obviously with Tinder and those kind of things, you're, you're, you're sort of falling into a situation of trust with people you've never actually seen or met. So I'm, I'm sort of like perplexed by that because I, I think it's something you should easily be able to, you know, avoid perhaps. But, you know, um, in, in my case, I was actually sort of like face-to-face with a guy and, um, <clears throat> you know, there wasn't tech, you know, involved in the meeting. It was just like, um, um, you know, you fall into a situation of trust with, with, with people that you've seen in real life. Um, so perhaps you, you, you know, it might be more easy to avoid um, being caught up in something. But um, yeah, the more I think, the more I think about it, that um, it's just so complex. Um, the psychology and, and and the manipulation that goes on that you know, one way or another, um, you can get caught out. Um, so, you know, the you know, obviously. Um, I'm not going to be judgmental about the the, the Tinder lot, but um, you know you have to be really beware of, of what you're doing purely online. Um, as as for the tech for um, solving problems, yeah, I think um, I've probably covered a little bit of ground there. But um, um, yeah, hit me with another question. I I, I might get bogged down otherwise. <laughs> Yeah, no problem. I think it's interesting because in some of the ones that Gabby was just mentioning, the Tinder Swindler, for example, or they had a show Inventing Anna. And a lot of these, I think the tech is, or even the social media behind it is almost validating for people that they don't know. They're seeing, oh, well, you have thousands of followers, random people I don't know are saying this. You look like a genuine person and you're able to almost hide behind tech. Whereas in your situation, you were actually meeting this person in real time and building that relationship that he wasn't he didn't have to be validated with tech but he was also able to hide because tech wasn't so advanced that you couldn't just you know reach out to someone and be like oh you know him it was much harder and a little bit more unique on that is there any advice that you could give people that are listening and that maybe are in a situation where this had happened to them or they're in current ones that now that you've gone through this is there anything that you would advise to people well, based on what you've just said, I, I suppose I, I would say um, uh, be cautious of uh, the written word because, you know, the written word carries a huge amount of authority and it always has done. It, it's carried more authority 
than someone speaking in real life, perhaps in the past, where you've just had books to read uh, or to get your information from, or you've had an, um, a special advisor on, on a topic, uh, or you know, the university professor has written something. You know, you'll, you'll, it, it carries a lot of weight, the, the written word. So, so what's happened in my view, and not just mine, probably a lot of people realize this by now that, you know, so anything written in print on, on the internet, um, by virtue of, of that, you know, pattern of history, it, it carries as much weight in a sense. So you, you could be any random person writing um, something and, and, and you'll see it in print. Oh, uh, okay. And you believe it. So you, it's, easy to be manipulated or, or uh, on anything you know you just need to read it you know and so you have to be very discerning i'm not saying you haven't you shouldn't trust people because you have to i mean you you what i what, what i found is i you know i didn't stop trusting people i just you know i just i just thought of myself well you go through life 99 times out of 100 you know you'll get uh, people you'll be able to trust uh, and they'll, they'll get the odd rotten, rotten apple at some point, you know, and you just have to deal with it. It's just the, the lot that we're cast. Some, you know, some um, bad stuff happens sometimes. But, um, yeah, I, I think with the written word, just be very discerning. Uh, do your research. Uh, don't just listen to the first person that says something on the internet that sounds interesting and you want to believe it. Um, you know, get someone else to sort of... Um, given an opinion or, or, or back, uh, back up the point or, or um, do some research, back, research on the background of the person who's written it. For example, if they're not a, a teacher at school, a university professor or whatever it is, you, you know, they don't carry enough authority um, for, the, for that to be true, for example, um, or factual. So, um, yeah, that's probably the advice I would give. Well, Dominic, uh, we want to thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Um, again, we know this is a hard subject to talk about, and we really, um, you know, really appreciate your perspective, especially about kind of this sort of maybe different aspect of, of the case and your experiences that maybe not a lot of people um you know, were knew about or asked about. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome there. So um, thank you very much for having me on. It's, uh, it's been an interesting chat. And uh, yeah, I was, um, there were things there I, I, I wanted to talk about. And thank you. Absolutely. And we encourage, you know, people who are interested to go watch uh, the Netflix show. Um, and, uh, you know, like Dominic said, just, you know, be vigilant out there. <laughs> the written word, that's a really good advice. The written word isn't uh, always what it seems. And, um, you know, yeah, we just want to thank everyone for listening to that tech pod. And thank you, Dominic. And yes, we will see you next time. And if anyone that's listening knows where Yosef is, feel free to let us know. Last time I heard, he yeah. is still in Denmark. Um, and there's a lot of people keeping a close eye on him. And uh, I There think you go. Cool. Well, it's a bit of a stir, but hope, let's hope nothing bad happens. Let's hope nothing let's bad hope. happens indeed. And, you know, maybe maybe one day even some accountability. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, thank you everyone for watching. And yeah, if any internet sleuths out there want to give us any information, uh, we'll follow up on that and let everyone know. Thanks everyone.